Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Workforce Institute Radio. I'm Joyce Maroney, Executive Director of the Workforce Institute at Kronos, and today we're continuing the series of podcasts I'm hosting on key ideas from our most recently published book, Being Present, a Practical Guide for Transforming the Employee Experience of Your Frontline Workforce. Our book is a practical guide comprised of chapters contributed by our Board of Advisors on how to transform the employee experience of your frontline workforce with a special focus on jobs that require the employee to be physically present to do their job. So think about the cashier at a store, the home health care worker, or the barista at your favorite coffee shop. My guest today is Charlene Lauby. Charlene is one of our board members and is a well-known author, speaker, and human resources expert. She has published multiple books on HR topics, including onboarding and recruiting. She's the president of ITM Group Incorporated, a training and human resources consulting firm that helps companies manage their talent. She is also the brains behind the well-known HR Bartender blog, which has been recognized by SHRM as one of the top five blogs read by HR professionals. Charlene's chapter in our book is titled Performance Management, The Art of Giving Managers and Employees the Tools to be Successful. There, she discusses how performance management influences business outcomes, and even more importantly, what leaders can and should do to get performance management right in their own organizations. So Charlene, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Joyce, and uh, uh, thanks to everyone who's listening in today. So let's move right to our first question, which is, Charlene, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and why you were interested in contributing this chapter to this book? Well, Joyce, you did a fantastic job of kind of introducing me and talking about my background. Um, the one thing that I would say to people is, and, and this kind of ties into why I really loved being a part of this book, is my industry experience is in industries where employees were really present, um, talking about hotels, um, theme parks, airlines. Um, so a lot of my industry experience revolves around those industries where employees made the difference because they were there and they were interacting with the customer every day. Which is our focus um, at the Workforce Institute. That is the jobs that um, people can't do from home on the couch. And it, it's kind of interesting now during um, the pandemic that uh, there's a lot of focus on this, you know, tsunami of people who are suddenly working from home. But you and I both know they still represent a minority of uh, workers in the labor force who have the luxury of doing that. The majority of workers, um, whether they are directly involved in the pandemic or not, if they need to do their jobs, um, most most workers need to be on the front lines, whether that's retail or hospitality, healthcare, etc. So um, your and chapter is all about performance management. Oh, you're, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking right over you there. No, no, that's okay. Um, 
you know, when we're talking about, and it kind of leads into uh, the conversation about performance management, when we're having these conversations about the majority of our workforce being those individuals who we interact with every day, um, a lot of organizations gauge their performance. In fact, even as a consumer, we gauge our experience a lot on that performance activity. So, you know, from an organizational perspective, um, it's our performance, you know, that helps us accomplish our goals and objectives. It's our performance that um, allows us to, you know, meet those top line goals, you know, revenue goals, market share goals. Um, and that translates to the customer experience. You know, for, as a customer, um, I sit and talk about, you know, oh, I had a great experience with the barista today who remembered my name. Um, you know, I always laugh. Um, I, I've probably told you this story a, a million times, um, but when I worked, one of the hotels I worked at, I worked for a man who, um, the general manager of the hotel, he had like this three-star Starbucks a day habit, and he would come down to the basement and walk by my office to go to Starbucks, which was right outside my door. And if I was there, he would grab me and he'd say, oh, let's go have Starbucks. Well, I noticed, um, first of all, I developed a Starbucks addiction as a result of that. But when I left that hotel and I went to my next job opportunity, um, I noticed that when I went into Starbucks that the baristas knew people's names and they knew their favorite drinks and you would walk in the door and they would just make it for you. Um, so, you know, you're talking about performance and you're talking about, you know, experience and things like that. Um, so that all becomes part of it. You know, I, I wanted to be one of those people, you know, walk in and they knew my name, which I have an unusual name. And um, so I, have an unusual drink. And sure enough, you know, in very short period in time, like less than two weeks, the baristas at Starbucks knew my name and knew my drink. And I felt very at home. So as we're talking about the book and being present, and we're talking about performance, all organizations care about performance. Um, it helps them accomplish their goals. And in fact, on some levels, employees care about performance because it's their performance that either gets them that promotion they're looking for or it gets them the pay raise that they want to ask for or maybe in some cases if you're a tipped employee it gets you extra tips um, so performance is important um, it's very important to organizations and it's important to individuals so can you, um, I have a couple of follow-up questions there. So I think part of what you are um, getting to in your chapter and, 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 and the, the comments you just made is that that frontline service experience that you have in a lot of industries, it's just part of the brand for you. And as, as much as you love Starbucks, if you had a particularly poor experience, 
at a Starbucks, um, you know, at a minimum, you might avoid that particular um, store in in the future. But you might also uh, disregard a brand altogether if that just that one experience were bad enough because the service is so intertwined with the product itself, right? Oh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you were mentioning kind of what's going on right now with COVID-19. Look at all of the businesses that are stepping up to the plate um, from a performance standpoint. Um, It's funny. um, The local Mexican restaurant here in town has started offering um, your happy hour to go, which includes chips and salsa and margaritas so that you can have your their favorite margarita. You can duplicate the experience at home. Performance, I mean, and, and that all has to do with performance. Performance and the experience and what that does to the brand, as you mentioned, is all incredibly important. And it's all very intertwined. You know, we're. I think the, go ahead, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, I, I think there's a connection between those things. You know, if you are, I mean, if you're not performing, um, it'll show up. It'll show up in your results. Yeah, it's it's interesting too that um, with so many businesses um, closed as as non essential right now, and you know obviously a lot of folks are laid off or, or furloughed as as a result of what's going on right now. But it's also interesting to see what certain businesses are doing to to pivot and keep employees employed so one of the restaurants in town here so i live in salem mass which is a small city there are a lot of restaurants here and of course many of them are providing the curbside service right now which is which is a great supplement to the normal services but the other thing that's happening is probably the highest end restaurant in town has actually created not just takeout food but a grocery service being delivered out of the restaurant so you can order a, a takeout meal to go but you can also order paper towels and toilet paper and lemons and avocados and so I mean it's not the same number of, of uh, SKUs if you will as a grocery store but they've got dozens and dozens of staples that they are selling um, with that same curbside or uh, to home delivery um, and I just find it fascinating because originally I thought oh they're probably going to do this for a few days to empty their own larders since they're not going to be running a restaurant for a while but in fact they're actually keeping a grocery service going that is hyper local and that you know you can just supplement your takeout food order with a few grocery items and they're keeping people employed by doing this expanded level of service and people won't forget that when the pandemic is over. You're absolutely right. And that's the thing. People won't forget that. 
um, this level of performance that's happening right now in organizations um, people will come to expect the above and beyond um, you know it it all ties back to performance management and I think it's important to identify here when we talk about performance management we're talking about the big umbrella we're not talking about that process um, that happens you know once a year or twice a year or however long an organization does it called the performance review that's a piece of a much bigger conversation about performance management in organizations and how companies are going to um, set expectations, set goals, manage employees, um, and help employees and support and support employees throughout the entire process. So, Charlene, can you can you talk a little bit about what you would hope are some of the key lessons that people would take from your chapter? And I, I like the way you're framing this as it's a, it's a bigger conversation than just an annual performance review, which, frankly, for many, many managers is one of the least favorite things they do all year because I think a lot of people, it's, it's, it's easy to say, yay, you did a great job. It's harder to say, hey, that thing you just did was not as effective as it could have been. And, you know, let's, let's talk about why and let's talk about how you might have done that differently. So I guess there's two parts to my question. One is, you know, what are, what are the most effective ways that managers can be investing in performance management throughout the year? And, and also kind of why do many managers struggle with this throughout the year? Well, my philosophy about from a performance management perspective, the big overarching umbrella, um, I think that we need to I think performance management is important, um, obviously, for the reasons that you and I have been talking about so far, and that is organizations and individuals care about performance and it helps them achieve their goals, whether it's individual career goals or it's organizational goals. That being said, performance management systems like um, recruiting talent acquisition systems, training systems, those kinds of systems within the organization performance management needs to be modernized to reflect today's workforce um, and you know look at all of the things that we do via technology today we need to start thinking about how do we bring performance management into the same alignment that other functions are taking as well. So from a big overarching standpoint, we need to modernize performance management. And we talk about that in the chapter, but that also means that we need to modernize the performance review. Now, I happen to be of the opinion that you can modernize performance management without ditching the performance review. I don't necessarily know that you have to get rid of it. And this kind of leads to your question. When we're talking about performance, specifically when we're talking about managers having conversations with employees about performance, there's no 
reason for a performance review to be this terrible thing that everyone dreads. Um, you know, as a human resources professional, let me just go on the record. Performance reviews were not created as a form of punishment by HR pros. Um, they, they have a purpose. And the purpose is to sort of take a pulse, you know, have a conversation, talk about where we are, and then talk about forward, moving forward. Um, I think that the reason a lot of managers dread performance reviews is because they spend more time talking about the past than they do talking about the future. I mean, your performance review should never be a surprise to you from a from an employee perspective. Um, and when you think about a conversation, if you were to have like a hour long performance conversation with your manager, you should spend like this is just my two cents. You should spend like less than 15 minutes talking about the past. We all know what happened in the past. The real focus of a performance conversation should be, okay, what do we want to do in the future? What kinds of things do you want to learn? Where do you want to be? Where do you want this conversation to be in a year from now? Let's set some goals. Um, that's what your performance review should really be all about. It's, it's not about what you did in the past because you should really know that. It should be what are you doing in the future. I think that's a great way to position that because I know that one of the number one um, criticisms that employees will tend to have in, in organizations is they don't feel like they get as much discussion about their career and their career path as they'd like, or they feel a bit in the dark about what they would do differently in order to move, uh, you know, move in, in what whatever the direction is they want to move in for their next opportunity. So I really like that idea of that performance management conversation being focused on, okay, kind of, we know where you are right now. Let's talk about what your, your performance and your behavior and your skills would look like if you were ready to take that next step. Now that does mean and this kind of gets to the second part of your question from a manager perspective. That means when things come up, managers need to address them right away. Um, it does mean that it might be helpful for employees to do some sort of self-assessment or self-review prior to going into the conversation. So there are little things that should be added to your processes um, that will help turn the conversation to a future focus conversation versus a past-focused conversation. So, Charlene, how will following the advice in your chapter help alert in their organization be more successful? Well, I think that there's um, a couple of things to think about here. Um, first of all, when we talk about the concept of performance management, we're talking about the big concept, not necessarily the performance review. So when we think about performance management, um, performance management aligns with the business. Um, you know, businesses accomplish their goals through good performance, you know, performance, you know, that they've identified, we want to sell this much stuff or we want to make this many things. Um, 
And in a services-related industry, for example, the industries that I've come from, that translates into we want to serve this many customers. Um, you know, we um, – I once worked for a company that tracked um, complement to complaint ratios. And th those are all part of performance. So uh, one of the things that I'm kind of hoping that people will take away from the chapter is that when we talk about performance management, we're not just talking about the performance review. We're talking about the system that is put in place to set expectations and goals and monitor performance and improve performance and then that to have conversations ultimately with employees about their level of performance. That's where the performance review comes in. And the, all of that being said, it's important to realize that while we've had a lot of changes in the way we do business. I think organizations are looking for, managers and employees are looking for performance management to align with new business practices. Um, you know, there have been so many changes in terms of technology, some fantastic technologies that have come to the market where companies can take advantage of those. We need to modernize the performance management process to align with the technologies and the things that are available to us now. Where I might be a little bit different than other people is I don't think that involves tossing out the performance appraisal. I believe that performance reviews are important and I believe that managers and employees should get together on a regular basis and talk about performance. Where I think the conversation needs to change is that performance conversations don't need to always be looking back. And I think that's where managers and employees get frustrated with the process. We spend more time looking at what people did in the past and on some levels, they should know what they've done in the past. You know, um, if an employee did something, you know, good or not so good, there should have been a conversation back when it happened. So when we think about that, hour-long conversation that a manager and an employee are having that's called the performance review, I believe that a small, small portion of it should be focused on the past and a much larger portion should be focused on this is what we're doing in the future. These are the kinds of things we'd like to see. An employee gets the chance to say these are some of the things that I would like to do in the upcoming year so that the conversation is much more focused on the future versus the past. And I believe that that would even create better alignment with organizational performance. I hope that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And on the on the flip side, because I know you know you speak to a lot of organizations and and um, consult with a lot of organizations. So when you share this type of advice with 
managers in organizations, what are some of the common concerns or challenges you hear back? And, and how do you about, well, here's why we can't do it that way here or why that's so difficult here. Um, what do you tell people who seem to be struggling with your advice? I think that the biggest challenge to this kind of conversation is whether it's by accident or by design, we've so closely aligned uh, the compensation process and the performance review process. They really are two separate things. But in a lot of organizations, we've made them so intertwined that it's very difficult to see that they're two different things. I think that's a really good point, and I think that's part of what makes the annual review such a beautiful process for all parties involved. Yes, because we're spending, uh, because what we're doing is we're aligning performance management to match the compensation process. And, yep, exactly. and so I've, I've actually worked for companies that kept them separate, and the conversations are completely different. So, Charlene, um, thank you so much for all of the good advice you shared today. There are any are any parting thoughts you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap this up? You and I mentioned at the beginning of our time together some of the things that are going on right now with regard to um, – COVID-19 and and the state of where we are in terms of um, employees, some employees working from home, um, some employees being furloughed, um, employees having their hours cut possibly as a result of things that are happening that they have no control over. One of the things that I think is even more important now is to let employees know how they're doing from a performance perspective. Um, I know we're very focused on getting business operations up and running, um, but this is a this is an important time to let employees know that they're performing well. Um, it's an important time to let employees know how the organization is performing. And so it, I know it might seem like, hey, you know, that's not our priority. But, you know, when you think about performance being the thing that helps us achieve our goals, um, having performance conversations is important right now. Yeah, I, I think it's all part of providing, you know, reinsurance and trying to help people feel um, safe at work because, you know, frankly, a lot of the employees, the employees who are considered essential and who are still leaving their homes and going to work every day are, are under some unique and unprecedented pressures and, and concerns that I absolutely agree with you, amping up the opportunities to say thank you. And I really appreciate, you know, that you're you're really putting yourself at some risk to, to be here and be um, continuing to perform your job. It's, it's really, it's never been more important than it is right now. So Charlene, 
Thank you so much for um, being with me here today and, and sharing your thoughts with our listeners. For you listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you'll continue to join the conversation by following us and commenting at workforceinstitute.org. And until the next time, um, stay well and thanks for listening.